Blog Talk Radio. Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Bob Reddy. He's the CEO of LSI, Inc., a publicly held company. Thanks for joining me today, Bob. Mike, it's nice to be with you. Good. Before we get started, Bob, let me uh, tell the folks who's coming up next week. Uh, next week, we have Kelly Mahan of Mahan Advertising. Uh, and on Friday next week, we're going to have Steve Jones, He's going to be talking about green technology. Uh, he's got some new energy products and services in the uh, pyrolization uh, or reuse of uh, municipal waste. On the 11th of October, we'll have Adrian O. Breen of First Financial Bank. On the 12th of October, we'll have Betsy Emery of uh, Telus. And on October 18th, we'll have... Neil Meyer with the Union Institute. Let's talk about what we're doing for the military. And on October 19th, we'll have Chris Adams from the Stepping Stones Foundation. On the 25th of October, we'll have another local entrepreneur, Michael Callahan from Document Destruction. And the 26th, we'll have Eric Adams from Turnstile. Bob, uh, you, you were one of the founders of LSI. Correct, yes. You, 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 you came from New England. Where in New England? Well, I grew up in Boston, and I went to a small school in Wellesley, Massachusetts called Babson. And uh, from there, I went into the military and spent some years in the Air Force. And then and when I exited from the Air Force, my first job was with uh, GTE Sylvania. Mm-hmm. And my first assignment was uh, in their large lamp division. So that started my career in the lighting business. What brought you to Cincinnati? Well, it's a long story. The career with Sylvania was great, but I had an opportunity to come to work for a smaller family-owned company here in Cincinnati back in 1969. My aspirations were that the potential of maybe acquiring that small business uh, uh, really fell apart when the widow of the uh, founder of the company actually sold it to a larger corporation. So I found myself back into a large corporate structure which I stayed with for a few years, but the aspirations of getting into my my own world uh, were really driving me toward the, the process of uh, starting a business, and uh, that's how LSI was uh, started in, actually in September. It's our 36th anniversary this month in 1976. You took the company public in 1985. Correct. And you hold the record as being the sixth most successful IPO in the country. During that period in 1985, yeah, that was quite a quite a feat to, for a small company to 
to hit that uh, that level of uh, of success for sure. Sure, you were in Inc. Magazine. Yes. OTC Review, Financial World, Business Week. It's been a great uh, it's been a great career to say the least. Sure, sure. And you've been ranked in the nation's fastest 100 growing small companies, and you've been recognized by Forbes magazine as one of the top 200 best companies in America. LSI has been recognized five times in a, on Ohio's best 100 companies list and received the Tri-State's Pinnacle Award on three different occasions. Yes, sir. Yeah. Okay. And you sit, you sit on the boards of other local companies? I sit on the board of a local company called Meridian Bioscience, which is really an interesting company, really different than the lighting business because uh, they make uh, test kits uh, for the medical world. Right. They're just down the road in Newtown. They are. They're in Newtown. They're a great company. Bob has some outside interests that include racing quarter horses. Well, not racing them. We, we breed them. Raising. Raising, raising yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Horse business is a great way to lose money. <laughs> I have a saying that a way to make a million dollars in the horse business is spend six. So that's right. But, but it's a it's a it's a great hobby and it's a love of animals and our family works together as a group and taking care of these animals. So it's a just a little bit of a sideline of what I do. Now, if you ever want to buy any horses, let me know. We've got clients who want to sell them. <laughs> I guess as a result of being in, in the Air Force, you've restored a B seventeen World correct. War Two aircraft. That was my latest project, a B-17 called My Gal Cell, with about 23 great volunteers, both women and men. We spent the last 12 years restoring this airplane, and it was a, a direction that I put in place to uh, participate in trying to save the Blue Ash Airport. With LSI being located in Blue Ash, and with aviation being a very high level of my passion, combination of, of being in Blue Ash and then the airport being just around the corner. I used the airport over the years uh, to build LSI, and it was a great asset, I think, uh, certainly to LSI, but also to the Blue Ash community. But the politicians really uh, prevailed, and they felt the land was valuable, more valuable uh, from a development and a park basis. And uh, unfortunately, just about three or four weeks ago, they closed the airport. Yeah, that is a shame. Yeah, yeah beautiful really airport. It's a great asset, and it really was a tremendous asset to LSI. We, we over the years, uh, have flown a number of customers into Blue Ash to visit LSI, and with the economy hopefully starting to show some signs of improvement, I wanted to use that airport again, but we lost the battle. Uh, but at the end of the day, the, the B-17 My Gal Sal, I made the decision to donate it to the National World War II Museum in New Orleans. A uh, new building is under construction uh, by the Boeing company. The, uh, the RB-17 uh, was a Boeing aircraft during World War II, and I was very honored when they approached me to uh, ask if I would participate in, in making this airplane available to, to the world. And we donated that airplane. It will be, uh, the dedication, I believe, will be the end of January, and I'm looking forward to seeing uh, my gal Sal uh, in this National World War uh, treasure. So this, this aircraft, the My Gal Sal, was that the one that went down in Greenland? Yes, yes, it was. It was in the first flight of 17s assigned to World War II, and through a, a, a tremendous weather problem, three three airplanes went down. My gal cell being one of them. It was recovered in 1995 off the Greenland ice cap, 
and it was somewhat totally destroyed based on the winds that get up to about 160 miles per hour during the winter. But with the dedication and just the true, the true passion of the volunteers that worked with me, we actually put that airplane back together. Hmm. So from 1995 to 2012, to put the airplane back together. Basically, yes. And part uh, by part. Part by part. It was like a big puzzle with about approximately 80,000 man-hours went into the restoration. So, And it's not completed yet because we restored it in pieces, which is the way it was built at the Boeing plant and in 1941-42. And it's down in New Orleans now, and some of our volunteers will be down there mid-October to to help start putting it back together. So did it fly down to New Orleans? No, no. We, uh, we had to take it apart in some pieces that we had already put together and truck it down. So there were six truckloads of, of pieces of My Gal Sal that uh, went from uh, Blue Ash to New Orleans, and it's all there now. It's in a, uh, in a warehouse where uh, we will start putting it back together. Wow. That's an interesting project. It was project. A quite a project. Okay. For those of you who are interested in, in this kind of stuff, the Sandler uh, Client Summit is coming up February 14th and 15th in Orlando. And this one is going to be held again at the Buena Vista Palace Hotel and Spa, which is across the street from Disney After Dark. The theme of this year's Client Summit is No Guts, No Gain. How to get tougher in a tougher economy. Uh, Dave Matson, who's recently purchased 100% of the Sandler Company, uh, will be there. We'll have a lot of sessions for salespeople as well as sales managers. You can register online at www.clientsummit2013.sandler.com. We'll call me or Carmen here in the office, and we'll connect you to that site. Next, I have to announce that we're going to be doing a Networking Works program for salespeople starting in January. It's a four-week program starting on Mondays, January 7th. Cost for non-Presidents Club members is $199 a person. Contact us here at the office to uh, reserve a place. Sandler Foundations, the beginning Sandler course starts October 17th. That's a Wednesday morning from 8 to 10, runs for eight weeks. So if you're interested or have salespeople that want to, should be participating, contact us and we'll get you the full particulars on the Sandler Foundations program. Now back, back to Bob. Well, how was it that you decided to start LSI? And tell us a little bit about your first product. Well, the, the, the real history of the company really starts back, as I said, in the uh, early 70s when um, it was somewhat disenchanted with this acquisition of this smaller company by a bigger corporation. During that period of time, this country went through uh, its first oil embargo, and it created a tremendous amount of havoc in the oil industry, especially at the gas pump. And uh, back in those days, there were approximately 250,000 service stations in this country. A new technology in the lighting world was just starting to find its way in, into, the, in, into our economy. It was a new light source that was developed by the lighting companies, and it was called metal halide. It was a more efficient a white light source, a higher power light, uh, light source, 
And uh, this, this started to create a whole new opportunity for new lighting products, well, more so for the outdoor market than the indoor. Well, with the oil industry uh, just coming out of the oil embargo in late 74, early 75, all these service stations were obviously in a in a uh, in a whole different direction, uh, taking a different direction from a marketing standpoint. And the oil industry had inter- introduced a new term called self-serve. And back in those days, it was estimated that the American consumer would never get out of their car and service their own automobile. Well, that's that's history uh, for sure, based on self-serve today. I looked at this opportunity with 250,000 service stations. And back in those days, those those sites were 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 lit with large fluorescent six foot and eight foot fixtures. Uh, we call them Y lights over the islands. And uh, with this new this this new technology with this new technology of metal halide, and the the industry looking at self serve as a new marketing direction, another new term started to find its way into the industry, and it was called a canopy, a structure to go over the island. I started thinking about that with this new metal halide light source and the fact that it was going to replace these fluorescent lamps and a canopy going over the structure to protect the consumer to self-serve their automobile. I looked at this as an opportunity to develop a product that would replace the Y-lights and hang under the canopy deck. We called it a two-by-two box. And back in those days, the opportunity of to providing this new light source with a new design product on a canopy and a whole new market evolving really started the opportunity to create LSI, and that's how LSI was started. Good. Bob, we're going to be back in a couple of minutes. If you, ha- if you have any questions that you want to ask Bob, he's agreed to answer. The call-in number today is 646-595-4966. And we're going to listen to a couple of Sandler commercials. Why do some business owners make lots of money while others endure years of mediocrity? Is it really the economy, the market, the weather, the competition? No. These are all called excuses which are always plentiful. Hi, I'm Mike Roth, founder of Roth & Associates. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. As a business owner or part of a team, are you accepting excuses from your sales team because you make them yourself? Business winners succeed in spite of this trash. Business winners invest in themselves and their people. For over 15 years, we've been coaching, training, and challenging professionals who are 100% committed to long-term sales growth and profitability, no matter what it takes. If you're deadly serious about increasing your sales, call me at 513-646-6523. I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. To find out how Sandler training can make you better, faster, and stronger, call 513-646-6523. 6523. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? 
If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Bob Reddy. Bob, so you started with the 2 by 2 box light. So we call it a box, a light bulb in a, in a box. Exactly right. Right. Yep. I saw a couple of those. Yep. So today, roughly, how many dollars in, in revenue does LSI have? Right now, LSI is around $300 million in revenue. So About $300 million. Correct. You're competing in a marketplace with several larger competitors? Four large companies basically own about 65% of the market, and those companies are billion-dollar corporations. So they're much larger than you are. They sure are. Good. Uh, how do you go to market today? Well, basically what we do is we, as most of the industry does, we market our product through uh, manufacturer reps, independent agencies that carry multiple lighting lines in specific uh, markets, uh, our commercial industrial representation we have a petroleum uh representation um and we have a graphics business which we sell direct uh what i saw in your million dollar showroom uh was an integration of graphics and lighting which was much to my surprise that i've never seen it all integrated from one vendor well, it's the we're the only company that I'm aware of in the world that have put together what I call the one plus one equal three formula, or lighting plus graphics equal image. You've got daytime image, you've got nighttime image. It's a combination of, of certainly marketing graphics, uh, people moving graphics, point of purchase graphics, but lighting is a very intricate intricate part of the uh, the process, uh, both indoor and outdoor. And I put this uh, concept together back in 1985-86, right after we took the company public as a as a new venture, a new direction to bring a corporation into play that could provide these kind of products and services uh, throughout our economy. And, and you changed the meaning of LSI from Lighting Systems, Inc. to? I did. Um, at an annual shareholders meeting, I uh, introduced this new logo, uh, in the original years, LSI stood for Lighting Systems Incorporated. But after I made the decision to uh, bring this new concept, uh, 1 plus 1 equal 3, into play, I changed the meaning of the, le- of the logo to Leadership, Strength, and Innovation. Leadership, Strength, and Innovation. Correct. That's fantastic. And over here at Sandler, we, we have a saying that 1 plus 1, generally speaking, means 11. It's 11. <laughs> That's a good one. Well, in my days, one plus one equal three was a challenge in its own because it had never been done before. To take a graphics uh, industry and try to merge it into a lighting industry uh, was a real challenge, and it still is a challenge because uh, it's like oil and water. The, the lighting industry is so so much different than the graphics business. I call it the lighting industry is a is a product driven business where the graphics industry is a project-driven. It's all custom. It's all unique to that specific customer. So it really is two two really opposite industries, but they really work together as, as, a, as a marketing tool. Well, it's, it's creativity. Yeah, it really is. And, and you have to have that in today's marketplace to be fast. 
Now, as you go to market, do you have your own sales teams to uh, deal with these manufacturers' reps? or We have regional managers throughout the United States, both in the graphics industry as well as the lighting industry. As I said, the graphics industry is all a direct uh, marketing and sales approach because it is so custom. It really is a specialized. But I'm working now to try to blend that with our, with our uh, manufacturer reps in the lighting industry. I believe that business is done with what I call people doing business with people. It's relationships. And uh, the target accounts that we have is really an opportunity to take this unique marketing strategy of blending graphics with lighting and really promoting the the results of what you can gain by having an integrated program. And uh, so we're really now working on a new strategy as we move through these tough economic times. It's leveraging the relationships and leveraging uh, the uh, the specialization that we have with our with our folks, and uh, we're beginning to see results with this because the economy has changed so dramatically, and the manufacturer reps were hurt as much as the manufacturers, so they're looking for new areas and new markets to to uh, to uh, survive in and. Uh, I honestly believe that with the contacts that we have throughout the country and now throughout the world, that over the next year or two, we'll find a whole new opportunity evolving by blending these two these two industries. Yeah, certainly over here at Sandler, we believe in uh, the first step of bonding a rapport. People do business with people who they like and trust. Uh, you said you're doing business internationally. How many countries does LSI do business in today? Well, we have LSI International, uh, which is really operating more specifically in the European market in the Middle East. And then we have relationships or partnerships. I love partnering with companies um, and, and throughout Asia and through um, uh, Latin and South America, Australia, and New Zealand. So, in New Zealand. so we are expanding our, our market. Uh, I started driving that about uh, two, two years ago when the economy really started to hit us hard in the domestic market. So I looked at the, uh, the the world market and said, we're ready with this new technology. The LED technology that we're in now really applies throughout the world because it's all energy. It's a green. Uh, you mentioned a comment about the, having a, uh, a um, discussion with somebody representing the Steve green. Jones, yeah. yeah. Well, we're in that business in big time because this, this new LED technology offers a tremendous reduction in energy requirements, which has a direct effect uh, uh, on the green world. Right. In fact, we had uh, Tom uh, Duggar from the Boy Scouts of America, Dan Beery Council, yesterday, and he commented on uh, the light, the high-efficiency lighting you put into their new yes. building. Yes, and they're, they're on the local regional office here in Cincinnati. Yes. And... Uh, I guess we were talking about the return on investment that you could see in putting in energy-efficient LED lighting of less than three years. That's our target. When we design a product, uh, we look at the total process from the design through the manufacturing, and our goals are set to try to develop a product that shows an ROI of somewhere of three years or less. Now, it's not totally capable yet because the traditional lighting as we've had for so many years, the costs have been so much lower and are lower than the LED technology now evolving, but 
it's only a matter of time based on volume and lower cost that we'll will even that we'll hit those targets throughout it's it's estimated by the year 2020 that 70 to 80% of the traditional lighting that this country has been so used to will transition to into LED technology it's truly an electronics world we're building computers now that deliver light output and uh it's it's technology like we have never seen before. Mm-hmm. So we're, we're seeing transition in manufacturing. By the way, is all of your manufacturing made in America? Right now, we are one of the very few companies that can say that American innovation, American made. That is the marketing direction uh, that we have put in a place. A- as a veteran and my co-partner, uh, Jim Safera, who is in charge of all manufacturing operations, is a uh, is a veteran as well. Uh, when we started this company, we made a commitment that we were going to try to do our best to make these products uh, with an American workforce. The lighting industry is is uh, is an industry that is very labor intense, and subsequently, a lot of the fixtures that are made today are imported from either China or Mexico. LSI is one of the very few companies that can really stand up and say, this is an American product made by an American workforce. And this is one thing that we're very proud of. Maybe you can tell uh, Allerson as briefly how you managed to make uh, a labor-intensive product like lighting here in America with an American workforce. Well, it really starts with uh, the real innovation of how you design and build and, and manufacture the product. And what it takes to do that is investing millions of dollars, as we have done, into the manufacturing process. And by 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 buying and, and developing pieces of equipment that we can have a, a more uh, automated process uh, that really effectively uh, reduces the cost uh, with with a lower labor cost because the burden level is is much lower. Uh, than, uh, than, than the way most of these products are made today. And that's why they've moved to China. Mm-hmm. And, and you're doing your manufacturing? We're doing here, it right here in the United in, States. In Blue Ash? Well, Blue Ash, we have multiple facilities. We have facilities in Kansas, in New York, in Rhode Island, in, uh, in North Canton, Ohio, Cincinnati, uh, Independence, Kentucky, um, Montreal, Canada. So we really have a a multi-facility manufacturing process throughout the United States. This gives us uh, the ability to back up a a situation if we had a catastrophic uh, um, shutdown, for example, something happened to a plant, we have multiple plants, we're all tied in with one central uh, um, uh, system. Uh, J.D. Edwards, which is now Oracle, throughout the uh, LSI uh, uh, operations. So they are totally integrated. That gives us total flexibility uh, to handle any kind of uh, direction that may come. Good. Bob, we're going to take a uh, another short break, and if you have any questions, you can call in uh, at 646-595-4916. Let's listen to a and the rule.
Hello, I'm Jerry Weinberg, Sandler Training, and I'm here today to talk about Sandler Rule number 34, which says work smart and not hard. So one of the things we need to do when we're involved in, in going after a, a prospect is to learn how to qualify and disqualify early on. Uh, it's been my experience, you know, having done this for many, many years, as we coach our clients, as, as we train them, that they seem to spend, many of them, an incredible amount of time chasing, following up business they're never going to get. And for goodness sakes, if you're going to follow, you know, finish second, why do you even want to bother being in there? We don't get paid on experience. And frequently what happens is uh, we, we have a prospect maybe who's on our top ten list, let's say, and we want so badly to meet them, and we finally get an appointment with Mr. or Ms. Big, and, and uh, we're brought in there, and uh, next thing you know, we're doing a proposal to a totally unqualified situation. And uh, maybe it's a much larger piece of business than we normally would be working with. And we wind up in Think It Overland. And next thing you know, we're following up, and we're, we're making phone calls, and, and we're sending emails, and nothing's happening. I'll tell you what is happening is we're not prospecting because we're spending too much time with prospects we're never going to do business with. In fact, I'd like you to write that question down and kind of track it over the next several days. How much time do I spend following up, chasing business I'm never going to get, and how do I suffer with that? One of the ways that you can work around that is instead of going after a, a large chunk of dollars, Start with a smaller piece. We call it a monkey's paw. Get some dollars, maybe for an assessment, maybe for a pilot program. You'll also keep your competition out of the picture. You'll at least feel like you're making some progress, and then you can make it work better. So, again, Jerry Weinberg, Sandler Rule number 34, work smart, not hard. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Bob Brady of LSI. Bob, about a year ago, I was in Times Square and saw a gigantic, kind of round LED display. The NASDAQ board. The NASDAQ board. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you've done? Yeah, that came through an acquisition that we made about uh, six or seven years ago, a company called Seiko up in Montreal, Canada. Uh, again, another smaller company that uh, we found as a, as a partner in developing a product for the New York Port Authority. But anyway, uh, Seiko's um, claim to fame is they're one of the largest uh, companies in the world that build um, backdrops for the entertainment world. Well, back in 1999, uh, the Seiko company uh, developed and built a board uh, called the NASDAQ board in down, right down in Times Square, and it's been there since 1999. It's quite an impressive package, to say the least. To say the least, right. Yeah. And you built something like that, and you, you built a piano for Elton oh, John. Yeah. This happened about two years ago when we were contacted by the Elton John team. Elton John apparently had signed a contract in uh, Las Vegas for three years. And as I understand it, he gets a million dollars per performance. Well, at any rate, about uh, two years ago, when when this contract was signed, uh, his team contacted our group up in up in Montreal, 
and asked us to get involved and partner with Yamaha Pianos to develop the million-dollar piano. And this is a piano that's that's been developed and designed uh, through the partnership of Yamaha and LSI Seiko uh, so that when Elton actually plays the piano itself, surrounding the piano is all this LED electronic technology that's interfaced with his with his music. It's quite impressive to say the least. We not only built one piano, but we built two. And for those that might have an extra million dollars, I understand the second one may be for sale. And what's really interesting about it is that uh, uh, when you plug it in, when he plays in Las Vegas, it will play in your home. So this technology is really incredible. So every night you could have a a live Elton John simulcast. That's fantastic. And the piano around the edges of the case is all LEDs. As you saw it, you could see how the... uh, uh, the integration of his music really created a scene around the piano itself. So it was quite uh, challenging, but uh, uh, a, a true testimony to how our engineers can really develop this new technology and make it work in so many different dimensions than That's just lighting. Definite special application. Absolutely, yes. Well, he one-ups Liberace with that piano. <laughs> it might very well be, yes. He had, Liberace only had a rhinestone piano. I, I remember. <laughs> now, John's I'm got old one. enough to remember those days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll admit to be once upon a time. <laughs> going, I had a business in Las Vegas for a couple of years, and I did go through the, lot, the Liberace Museum. Did you? Interesting place. Okay. Uh, in the marketplace uh, for LED-type products, lightning-type products, uh, because you have high-intensity LED lighting products? Well, the performance of the LED is is increasing almost daily. You know, when we started in the white light LED technology and the development process back about five and a half, six years ago, we were dealing with what we call 35 lumens per watt. It's the measurement of light per watt. It's like miles per gallon. And today we're now dealing with LED chips, which is really the light source, with 200 lumens per watt and growing. So the efficiency of this new technology is is growing so much more rapidly than any part of of my career. You know, I've been in this now 48 years, and I've seen technology come and uh, and develop, but the LED technology is such a rapid uh, change in the process of of improvement, uh, it, it's 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 really tough to keep up with uh, how fast it's growing. What kind of lifespan are LED illuminating devices going to have compared to fluorescent tubes, which are maybe a year or two? Well, that's the neat thing about how this technology is really improving the environment. Um, the old technology, a light source, would depending on how much you used it and the type of light source would run anywhere from a a year to two years as an average. Today, this technology is bringing us into a life expectancy of close to 10 to 12 years, and I'm not sure that we really know that yet because it's so new, we haven't had the ability to have that kind of timing. But it sure does show that the energy reduction and the lifespan is so much better, the return on investment for for our consumer and our customers is growing rapidly, and the, this is where we're really approaching this this opportunity to drive costs down and bring this this return on investment into our economy in a way that we've never been able to do before with the lighting products 
that we've had in the past. Well, in the past, uh, in this building with our high-efficiency fluorescent lights, yeah. the bulbs burn out. They do. They That's really do. And then the fl- the ballast transformers, ballast. they burn out. Six to eight years, depending on the ballast. No, they but, don't make they don't make it six. Well, years. The, the, the real the, the real difficulty about it isn't just that they hum. They mm. do. They make noise, but there's mercury in every in every fluorescent bulb, and so you've got an environmental issue here as we go into the, based on the environmental direction. LED d- does not have that uh, that uh, that uh, um, mercury, yeah, in it in the CFL. Balls that the government forced down our throat. Those all have mercury in them. So there's a whole different uh, world evolving around this new lighting technology. And as I've said before, we're literally building computers now to deliver light output. What do you mean by that, Bob? A computer to deliver light output? Well, the, the complexity of the drivers and the circuit boards, uh, the combination of how this technology works is really kind of similar to your TV electronics. It's it's an electronics world that we live in out. The smartphones, the iPhones, and the iPads, and so forth. Uh, we are now building a whole more complex product than we've ever done before. And that, and I really relate to that, is the complexity of the manufacturing process is very similar to building computers to the little light put up. What do you think the possibilities are in, in your market of uh, lighting and Graphics integration. I, I think we just touched. Well, from a, from an integration standpoint, uh, the message is getting uh, getting the message out is a marketing challenge to say the least. We've got to show people how the integration of how these two different uh, industries can work together and really emphasize the importance of what the results can be for the consumer. But the technology part of the, I think we've just the tip of the iceberg. I, I think that. There are things that are going to be coming that we haven't even thought of yet. You showed me uh, some uh, videos uh, yesterday of the 7-Eleven stores yes. with the high-intensity lighting. Right, the LED technology the LED influence with the 7-Eleven program. And that was strictly driven by the fact that 7-Eleven wanted to reduce their energy costs. They have approximately 6,000 stores in the North American market, and their challenge was that they pay the entire energy bill for that uh, for that franchisee or that company store. And one of the big, uh, obviously, users of energy is the lighting. And uh, so they came to us and said, we really need help in reducing our energy costs. So this LED technology was developed, and their canopy lighting, their site lighting, and security lighting is now literally been uh, transferred from old technology to new technology. So you get higher intensity or brighter light, whiter light, that's more directionally controlled. And with approximately 70 to 75% energy reduction, which is a tremendous savings, and a maintenance life of 10 years. Why would anyone put in a fluorescent bulb? (laughs) Well, again, we still have an economy out there that's pretty tough, and the cost of a of a, a LED product runs about two and a half times what a traditional light source does today or lighting fixture. So there's still a market out there right now. But you're going to pay it back. Total yeah. cost of ownership. Well, that's one it, of our challenges to, to, to well, you show have to get those your people. folks. 
in, in Sandler because total cost of ownership is really what it's all about. Well, we have marketing people that think one way, and we have uh, purchasing people think another way from a customer standpoint. Right now, LSI's volume in LED technology is about 30% of its volume. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think by the year 2020, as I said earlier, it's estimated that 70, per, 70 to 80% of our traditional lighting will trans, transfer into LED technology. So we're, we're, we're fast approaching this, this conversion as the months go on. Uh, and you do the, uh, the specialty display boards for, or scoreboards for stadiums? Well, that's a new market that we've just started again to. We've taken that background of Seiko, that uh, NASDAQ board, and we looked at this market that is really an evolving market with the challenge that, that the schools have, high schools and colleges and so forth, of, uh, of, of getting funding. Uh, the scoreboards, especially in the athletic side, is a great advertising. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so we're now looking at a whole new product introduction into that market with this LED technology providing LEDs for scoreboards. And it's a great product. Our, uh, uh, we just entered the market about a year and a half ago. We spent about two years developing a new product line and, uh, one of the, one of the most, um, um, one of the better, better uh, orders that we just received was the University of Arkansas, the third largest scoreboard in college in the North American market, and uh, that board was about uh, 38 feet high and about 168 feet long, and it's a great scoreboard. It's now in operation, so uh, we've kind of put our stake in the ground as we're going after that market. Mm-hmm. Well, that's something every every team, every school will want to have it. Well, we're going to see a lot. Of, yeah, we're going to see a lot of it, in my opinion, throughout the retail environment as well. As you saw, we put a a product like that in the J.C. Penney flagship store in downtown Manhattan. Uh, you're going to see in the in the months and years to come more and more of this LED technology showing up, not only in scoreboards but actually in marketing. Uh, 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 digital boards that uh, we will find ourselves uh, uh, throughout our economy using. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that as a very, very uh, uh, great opportunity. I see it as almost a, a virtual television set. Yeah, it really is. Infinite size. And you saw how great the resolution was in the screen that we have. Right. Uh, we have a screen there that uh, was the newest technology we introduced in November of 2009 at our annual shareholders meeting. Uh, that was the first one of its kind, and that's three years old now, and we're getting ready to put a brand new one in there, which will have even a higher resolution than the one that you saw. Someone got a bargain on the on a used one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure where that'll go, but uh, I'm sure we'll find a customer that would love to have it. Uh, not in your family room, okay. No, that won't go in my home. Okay, it's a, it's a big screen. It was a big screen. It is a big screen. How, how big is that? You know, I think it's about 8 feet high and about uh, 14 feet wide. Phenomenal resolution on it. Uh, I, I watched that yesterday over at LSI. Uh, we're going to take a uh, another short break, and we'll be back in a moment. Again, if you want to call in, the number is 646-595-4916. This is Mike Roth. Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. 
The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. Hi, this is Mike Roth, founder of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. You've heard our commercials about sales and sales management, but you haven't made the call for some reason. Maybe you're having your best year ever. Maybe you think a sales development company won't work in your industry. You're different. I wish I had a nickel for every time I heard that. Maybe you're afraid that if you called, you'd buy something. If you're happy with all your sales and profits and believe you have all the answers or simply don't see yourself investing in yourself or your people, then don't make the call. We have nothing for you. For over 20 years, we've been coaching, mentoring, business owners, and sales professionals who are serious about their careers. So if you believe that Sandler Sales Training might make you better, faster, meaner, and stronger, call me at 513-646-6523 or register for our next open house. Roth & Associates, the most experienced sales trainer in Cincinnati. You can check us at www.rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth, back with uh, Bob Reedy, Reddy of uh, LSI. Uh, Bob, if someone wants to get information about the LSI displays or lighting or contact you, what number should they call or how should they do it? Well, we've got a great web page, Mike. It's uh, www.lightingsystemsinc. And uh, our phone number is 513-793-3200. That's our corporate center. Our phone system is tied into all 14 operations, so our receptionists handle phone calls at a Average about 800 a day, so we have a lot of uh, a lot of phone calls coming through our through our switchboards. 100 an hour. Yeah, it's a lot of folks calling in, but we've got a great customer base, and now being an international market, you know, I'd love to see those phones busy. There's no question about that. That's great, uh, Bob. We have a, a theory here that simple solutions to complex problems are uh, invariably wrong. And to solve a complex problem, you need an equally complex solution. Maybe you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you had at LSI that you solved with a complex solution that, in theory, they might be able to transfer to another business. It depends on what time of the day it is. <laughs> well, it's about our, the, I, I'm talking about, I think our biggest, one of our largest complex problems, Mike, would be the fact that we're a smaller fish in the pond. When you've got four corporations the size of the four major competitors that we have, there's a challenge every day on how we go to market and how we how competitive we can be. Their buying power is greater uh, than ours for sure. But where we really developed a, a, a strength is our flexibility. We're a company of people doing business with people. We're not structured in a way where a customer can't get to the right people. I have a 24-7 uh, 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 open-door policy myself. I mean, I, you know, I'm part of uh, 1,500 employees, 
And my feelings are that uh, when when somebody calls in, whether it be a shareholder or whether it be uh, a customer, if they want to talk to me, I'm available. I make myself available because I think it's important. We built a a company around that strategy. It's a, a prime part of our foundation. But the complexities that we face every day with these bigger corporations based on competitive pricing uh, is obviously very, very challenging. And the challenge is is to uh, really develop products that we can manufacture with high quality level uh, at a very competitive price. And uh, that that complexity, uh, we live with that every single day. And especially with this this new um, LED technology, the complexity of this product line, the competitiveness out there, it really creates a challenge for our engineering as well as our manufacturing folks. But we take it as we have over the 35, over the 36 year history. We just take it head on and uh, we really work together. It's a very important part of how LSI has been successful is the integration of our manufacturing process and how our people really work together. We really develop a, uh, a very strong communication network so these folks really have an understanding of what this company really is all about. So it's uh, integrated communications. A lot, of, a lot of integrated communications, a lot of integration in our manufacturing process, and we have a lot of meetings to really discuss the challenges that are out there and how we effectively are going to take those challenges on. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you uh, look at the marketplace, some companies protect their intellectual property with patents or copyrights. Do you have, do you guys at LSI? Oh, yes, yes. As a matter of fact, that's kind of an interesting question as it relates to this new technology. Um, that gave us an opportunity to really develop things that uh, weren't available before, and uh, we're very, very strong on the patent side. You that's that's a very important part so of how many protecting patents? our shareholders. Yeah, how many patents per year do you, oh, you guys gosh, file? Mike, uh, you know, it depends on the product. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say in the hundreds. Hundreds of patents a year in this new LSI. As we're working for in this technology, correct. Mm-hmm. And you see the future of lighting, high-efficiency lighting here in America as LED? Not only in America, but worldwide because of the energy directions and the cost of energy, the LED technology is going to have a tremendous impact on the lighting world. Mm-hmm. Now you go back at your beginning, you started out in service station lighting. Right. Uh, I, I would assume that that type of uh, manufacturing is finished. No. Uh, actually, we own about 80% of the market out there based on the strength that we have, and it's a growing market. When you look at the fact that even though we've seen the 250,000 service stations uh, trimmed down to about 160,000 today, we've got the development of the C-Store. The C-Store being a very integrated and a very important part of the, of the service station market today. In the early days, we had about a 600-square-foot C-Store that sold basically cigarettes, bread, and milk. Today we have C stores that are in in 4,000, 5,000 square foot. They're a small grocery store. Well, Kroger is uh, opening a whole chain. Yeah, absolutely. This, uh, Turkey Hill. Thing. Yes, and Turkey Hill and the LSI's products are on that particular site. So that market is really evolving and, and actually growing. So it's giving us an opportunity from the old days of just supplying a canopy fixture to a total package, uh, both indoor and outdoor. 
as well as the graphics that go along with the needs of those C stores. So the market is actually actually developing with new technology. The the challenge we have now though, the price of gasoline has got to a point where the inventories that these folks have to put in the ground is really hampering how much money they're going to spend on the marketing side. When you think about just four or five years ago, you were spending uh, or paying a dollar, dollar and a quarter for a gallon of gasoline. Now we're spending up to three, four dollars. That's an inventory cost that these folks have to put in the ground in order to have that that product available to you. So that really affects the, their marketing cost. Yeah, you know, spending. but they're, they're putting it in the ground at three fifty. And tomorrow, they're selling it to us for four and a quarter. I mean, a gallon. Yeah. But, but you know that what's happened in the oil industry is that the major oil companies of the past have sold off a lot of their retail facilities to the independents. Mm-hmm. And those folks don't have the kind of money that the majors have. So it is a new market out there. But with that said, this new lighting product, this new... LED technology, we call it the crossover, is now really finding itself on the, uh, throughout the lighting, uh, throughout the oil industry. What, what is a crossover? Well, it's just a it's a marketing theme that I came up with, uh, crossing over from old technology to new technology. We call our product line the crossover, and uh, we're just now working with BP Oil Company, for example, uh, doing a large uh, um, a program of retrofit, taking off old lighting fixtures. And putting on these new crossover products. So you're putting high efficiency putting the fixtures high efficiency. into the position where a less efficient. Yeah, we're not in a market today where we're building is a big. We know what's happened to the residential market. It's affected the commercial industrial as well. So what we've done is effectively put these products into a retrofit program. We're going really after replacing old technology with new technology, and that ROI is a critical part of that marketing strategy. And if we can show that customer that we can reduce their cost to two and a half years with a 10-year product, the rest of that money goes into his his pocket. And with the concern of growing energy costs, this all becomes part of the marketing strategy that we have implemented. Now, when you said the LEDs are uh, computer lighting. Uh, can the LEDs be programmed to uh, take advantage of smart grid electrical rate changes? Well, of course, this is, as I shared with you yesterday, the LED is the light source. It's the real electronics, the driver that drives the circuit board. And what really brings into this, into this new opportunity is what we call the control. Controlling the electronics and the and the LED itself gives us a tremendous opportunity to show the customer how he can energy manage his system. And uh, uh, this it's, this I believe will really be the dynamics of the change of the future. This is wireless. Uh, we have technology now that uh, one of our customers, a consumer, can actually operate his lighting lighting system off his iPad or his cell phone. It can be programmed in that way. As you saw yesterday in our room uh, where we turned the fixtures on and off and that signal was sent from Cincinnati to Beaverton, Oregon and back in a matter of a second and a half. I'm not sure it was that long and you changed the intensity from 100% to 50% to 10%. Uh, 
And as we showed you on the on the screen, that that energy management system showed you everything that was going on, where your costs were, how much wattage was being used, and so forth. We could never do that with old lighting technology. Right, right. So, so this is the tip of the iceberg of what's yet to come. What's yet to come. That's fantastic. Uh, and is this lighting also capable of LED lighting working in stadium lighting for baseball and football games at night? Well, we're not quite there yet. Uh, the, we haven't got to the efficiency of that performance of, uh, of what we call HID, which is metal halide technology. And that's what I'm saying. At the, we, I think we're at the tip of the iceberg. But where it does work in the stadiums is in the, and all the other types of lighting where they have in the restrooms and in their hallways and the alleyways and so forth. But the stage lighting. But the, the actual lighting of the field itself, that we're not ready for not that ready. yet. No, no, don't have the output, not. but on the stage lighting and the backdrops, like we see on Cricket uh, Idol, Yes, well, you know, just those, those screens are phenomenal. All the the, the 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 big entertainers are using this technology now for their backdrops. Mm-hmm. What single pearl of wisdom on leadership can you le- give to our listeners? Pearl of wisdom on leadership. Well, well in, I, in about sixty seconds. I think the dynamics way the way the way I operate from a leadership role is to set the example. And, and show our folks uh, really what it takes uh, to be successful. And uh, it's through the leadership and of our, of our uh, management staff that they really work hard to, to communicate with all of our employees. Uh, we've got 1,500 employees, and every one of them spend money. So we have to really manage those folks and share with them what the direction is. Bob, I want to thank you for being our guest today. I'm going to give you a copy of uh, one of our Sandler books that made number one on the Amazon bestseller list and number three on the Wall Street Journal list for about six months, The uh, 49 Sandler Rules. Uh, this was by David Matson. It's on the, the Sandler selling system. And uh, thanks for joining us again. Scott, why don't you uh, take it away? Mike, it was my pleasure. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.